It is time for the new Dan Vogler 4D Experience Podcast. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go for a ride. goodness this is very special very very special very very special robert coppola schwartzman is on the 40 experience today this um connection is um very powerful very powerful connection in the movie universe very excited to talk to him he is, uh, as you would say, uh, part of uh, Hollywood uh, royalty. Yeah, as yeah. I don't know if he would. I don't know how he would feel about that. He's, I don't know. I'm gonna talk to him. But Robert's pretty laid back. I had a. He's kind of laid back in a. Um. Um, in a laid back kind of way. Uh. My goodness. Let's see uh let's see what he has to say here. This is gonna be exciting. I'm excited. I gotta calm down. Hey, this is Robert Schwartzman from Los Angeles, California. Joining you live with Dan Fogler, currently in the UK. Uh twelve oh six Pacific time. Uh weather is <laughs> 88, uh, not a cloud in the sky. Uh, my first guest is Dan Fogler. How are you, Dan? Well, thanks for having me, Sorry. I, uh, Sorry. It's I... really good to is be here. Is that what I'm supposed to do? It's really good. Yeah, you're supposed to introduce yourself and then introduce me. <laughs> oh, and then act like it's okay, yourself. sorry. I'm not good at this stuff. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I like Dude, it. How are I like you? That. <laughs> I'm good. I'm are we already here. recording? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, great. That was gold. Nice. What do you think I wasn't gonna fucking Good. catch that? <laughs> That's fucking. You knew you knew something was gonna happen right at the beginning. Yeah, I don't. I don't miss a beat. I don't miss a beat. Uh, how the fuck are you, pal? I'm really good. Um, we uh, there's been a heat wave in Los Angeles, and. Um, it's been really, really hot. So it's been really, and obviously, just wearing a mask everywhere you go, it's hard to like do. It's hard to like do a lot, um, and like get, be productive <laughs> yeah. physically because it's just so. So I've been trying to, like, I'm in a room right now with a bunch of boxes. What's that? I had a bandits and cowboys do it, robbing banks and shit. I don't understand. They were like doing high true. fucking cardio, high cardio. I know it's so true. I feel like, and what, and the clothing at that time was probably not very comfortable. So, or, or maybe, I mean, it's not like anyone knew maybe what comfortable clothing was. Like there wasn't anything to miss. But I feel like it would be really hard to be in the desert wearing like leather, riding a horse that's probably also really hot. It's 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 crazy. But so I guess I shouldn't be complaining, is what you're saying. Well, I don't no, complain away. I don't give a shit. 
Um, it's nice to hear your voice, even though we've, we've done a couple of FaceTimes lately. I feel like it's nice to, it's always nice to have a time, a moment together. It's some one on time, one on one time with the captain and, and Scotty. Can you do a little? <laughs> captain, yeah. I live, I have crystals. <laughs> <They're not working. laughs> um, um, dude, how are you? So fucking, yeah. I'm good. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm staying jovial as long as I have a little ganja. I can maintain, yeah. you know. I, mm-hmm. I, if I take it day by day, I'm about to do Fantastic Beasts. I, I had my uh, my test, my test cleared. I don't, I don't have the coronavirus at the moment. I guess, knock mm-hmm. on wood. Um, mm-hmm. They're talking about testing me again yeah. tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, but I'm going, yeah. uh, you know, I just take it day, day by day, day by day, man. Um, Good. Who Good. fucking knows? I, uh, I'm excited about our movie. I, I like seeing yeah, that. I'm so excited. Yeah. Trailer. My, my manager, yeah. she got really excited about it. She's like, I want to help. I really want to help push this. And, Great. um, she said, uh, she said she's watched it a couple of times. She's cracked. She thinks about it. She cracks oh my up. God. Of course, you know, you know, it's amazing. It's, it's, yeah. And she said, uh, she's biased, but her husband who is yeah. very, very, he's very picky. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, he's been watching it like nonstop and telling people to watch it. You got to watch this. Um, really? So, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I feel by the way, that's like I feel. Um, I feel like all you can really ask for in anything when you make something is just that that other people. I mean, I I think I enjoy showing stuff to people. Like I I love making something and then showing it to people or sharing it. You know, it's part of the process of sharing it. So I feel like all this time gearing up to make a movie when you're kind of sitting on it and waiting for it to come out, it's really like frustrating. But it's so nice to be able just to share this movie now after all the time we've, we, after we made it and to have people like it and to have this positive reaction is so exciting, you know, cause I just, it's, it's, first, it's just, it's, it's rewarding just to make something period. It's also equally as satisfying to put it out there. And then it's even more like a icing on the cake when someone says like, I loved it. I want to tell people about it. It's like a whole other, you know what I mean? It just like, it's a cherry on the Sunday. Do you want to get Do you want to get uh, deeper into the movie now, or come back to it later, or whatever you no, want? No, we could get into it. Whatever you want. All no, right. let's get into it. Yeah. Let's talk about the argument, man. So, so explain yeah. to my audience what this movie is about. Yeah. So the movie. Okay. So it's, as Dan said, it's called the argument. So we got. Okay. <laughs> um, it's called the argument, and uh, as you might imagine, an, an argument takes place which sets in motion a series of events, which is the plot of the film. And basically a couple is hosting a cocktail party. Uh, Dan Fogler plays Jack, who's hosting this night, and it's a celebration for his girlfriend. And I hear he has very something good. special. I hear, he, I hear he is wonderful. Oh, he's really good, by the way. Did I mention Dan Fogler was amazing in this movie? You guys, w- watch out for that guy. Um, but um, breakout performance in this one. Um, 
The <laughs> so Dan, Dan. I mean, by the way, I I'm not to sidetrack for a second because I was trying to describe the movie, but I have to say, like, I love your acting and I love all your movies, and I I'm not saying this because we got to work on this together, but I really think you're so good in this movie. It's like, I think it's like a whole other like side of the, of your performance because you get so much in it. Like there's so, it's such a well-rounded performance, you know? And I think that really, it's so awesome to see you in the movie, but anyway, so we'll come back to that. But basically there's a cocktail party. Dan has something planned and his character is Jack Jack is a writer. Jack doesn't feel like, you know, he's kind of down on himself and he's trying to do something nice for his girlfriend. I won't spoil what he's up to, but um, the night doesn't go the way he planned and other guests arrive that sort of catch him off guard because of his insecurities in his relationship. And uh, he starts to sort of, uh, create a seri- uh, an argument between him and, and Lisa. And other people witness it. They leave. It ends abruptly. The argument continues in the bedroom hours later. They cannot resolve the argument. And they say to themselves, if we only, uh, if, you know, if, if we could redo this night again, you would see that, that I'm right. If, well, oh, if, you, if we could redo it, you would see I'm right. It's a bit of like a tit for tat. And they decide... Uh, maybe they could redo this night. So they invite their friends back. And at first their friends don't know like why they're repeating everything that they said the night before. And it kind of weirds everybody out. And then uh, once they realize what's going on, everybody sort of opts in together to recreate the night. And they have to do this multiple times to try to get it right. And each one of the couples attending the night have their own arguments that they're working through. So it's a real ensemble. It really, uh, it's really fun to see everybody trying to work together to recreate the night and how they can't get it right ever. Because <laughs> it's just totally absurd to try to recreate a night from top to bottom. Um, and I won't say what happens in the third act, but things get really good as the movie progresses. Anyway, so that's what it's about. It's about, it's about trying to make sense of the things that we argue about that sometimes end up being meaningless and take us in circles. And then we have to drop our ego and make, make peace. And hopefully we gain something in our relationship. And I think that I will say there is a connection to the sort of Mozart Salieri storyline that existed between composers and a feeling of not being worthy and accomplished in one's creative endeavors and feeling just worthless a little bit. And that sets in motion a little bit of his insecurities as a character. Did I describe it okay? Uh, that was a long synopsis. Hell yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay, good. I, uh, okay, good. <laughs> I, I, yes. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a stylized, you know, kind of genre movie that it, it like, it, if you like movies like um, Noises Off, uh, I always compare it to like Clue to to Soap Dish. It's like you have these um, ensemble heavy casts. Everyone has their own hysterical character, and you keep on going to these um, repeating bits, which is such a classic comedic thing. And each time, it's got a new layer of emotion on top of it, and um, 
you see everything start to unravel. And I, I love how it, it amps up because <laughs> the other couples see that me and uh, Emma Bell, our characters, it's like we, we really mean well. The reason that we're dragging everyone through our you know, reenactment of the night is because we really want to, you know, get to the bottom of, you know, it's really, it's like, it's drama therapy. It's, it's, it's like drama therapy, you know, that we should have let them in on. Um, and then they start to appreciate it because the, everyone's got issues with their um, significant other. And, and, and I think that secretly deep down people wish that they could be given the, an arena where they could find out who the fuck is right and who's wrong in these scenarios and, you know, have, have mediators who are also in on the game and and work shit out, you know? And uh, everyone I talk to, it's just like, fuck, I wish I could do that, you know? I, I feel, I think it's like, like you said you were going to um, send like fun, uh, fun packs to watch in the movie, like wine yeah. packs or something. I think that's a great yeah. idea because yeah. I wonder, I wonder if it's going to spawn people like, you know, uh, these parties where people watch it and they, maybe they dress up like us, or I don't know, or like a Rocky Horror kind of thing where it's like there's a, there's yeah. a theatrical reenactment. This could be a play, you know? That's what I thought when I first yeah. read it. Like, I thought, this is a fucking tightrope. This is, this is mm-hmm. on paper, this is very theatrical and it, it's going to take a, speci- you know, a very specific caliber of, actors to pull this off and uh, you found them man you found some you found a great cast uh to work together and and um and you set up this wonderful playground this situation um and uh, you really had such a uh specific vision in your head man like you were like let's go to rehearsal and you really you really i i, I saw from the beginning that you really saw it all I mean, or I may be wrong, but thank you. Had, like, no, you thank you. No, no, I, I, I'm happy you felt that way. I feel which, well, that makes me happy that you felt that way because I wanted you to feel excited and comfortable with the sort of, you know, the setup that we had, and we were all working in one house. Dan flew in from New York, and he stayed across the street in another house. Like, it was kind of a village, like in Los Angeles. By the way, as you know, it's just it's un- sucks that like, you know. Uh, this, there was this place one, back in the day called Hollywood, and people came out here to make movies, and now everybody leaves to make movies. But I feel like it's fun we got to make a movie in L.A., like two blocks from, from Paramount Pictures, <laughs> like right down from the old studio in yeah. like a bungalow in L.A. A it was very, cool. I, I feel mean, like the, it was – movie is – It's class. It's such an L.A. movie. Yeah. It's such an L.A. movie. It's such an L.A. movie. Yeah, it's totally. I – it, we wanted to make it feel a little throwback and I, musically the opening number that plays over the credits and the curtain, the way there are things in, in the movie that kind of are a bit like of a nod back to the old, old days in Hollywood. And I think, um, like you said, some of the references in the movie to the movie, just sty- the style of the movie was to do something that felt more heightened and not to just like when you open the door and you're like, wasn't it great? Like, there's you're, it, there's a performance happening. Like it's everybody's like adding more sauce and spice and stuff to their performance. It's not just you're not opening the door going like wasn't it great? Like the way you you know maybe necessarily would if you were throwing a dinner party or maybe you would. I don't know, but I feel like 
there's everybody has a layer of like a performance that I think is exciting to see because a lot of times I think sometimes, you know, a lot of comedies today are typically, I mean, I guess they're, they're all over the map, but broad, a lot of the bigger studio movies are very broad and um, the situations that are written are really big and meant to sort of be, you know, a bit over the top and ridiculous and uh, not ridiculous in its writing, but just in its, in the action that takes place. Like, like where like a bull escapes and knocks the character and you see him in the background go flying and it's like a CG character flying across the room. Like these really, you know, very large moments in a lot of comedies. But I feel like we, I feel like in this movie, we took these like small interactions and made them feel bigger. And I think that's what's exciting. Like we took these very simple ideas and we made them feel like there was more of a world around it. And I think that was, that was something, that's something I'm really happy about with the movie is, like I, you know, I think some people who read the script, and by the way, I'm happy, let's just go back to the cast for a second. Like everybody read the script and wanted to meet on the movie. And we met, you and I met in New York. And I, and I, you, I, I guess you liked the script enough to want to meet. And I thought we had a really great meeting, like the first time together. And I feel like you really connected to the material and, and even I pitched you on a little bit of like a way to, we, I, at one point I pitched you on, could we like do this live, like a play on stage in front of an audience? There were these ideas in the beginning of like, could we actually perform this before we shoot it just to get it in our bodies? And it wasn't something time-wise we, we could do, but we got as, we did something like that where we rehearsed it live in the house to work through it as if it were on stage. But um it's really amazing just that everybody connected to the material and really wanted to be a part of this movie from the get-go. And you know what I mean? So I, I really, I think some of the energies you picked up on set was a collection of people who wanted to, to really be a part of this film and really connected to the story and the characters. So I, anyway, I feel like there was this unit, this sort of like-mindedness amongst the cast. And also, the ca- not everyone in the cast like, is from the comedy world or has a comedy background but I think everybody really like, turned, turned it up to 11 and delivered something really special and unique, given that they don't have a comedy background. Like Maggie Q, your old friend Maggie, um, is not, you know, isn't doing all these comedies all the time and playing these characters that are really specific to a little bit outside of her own personality um, and also outside of action movies. But she is so funny in the movie and, like, People who see the movie are always like, wow, I never knew, like, I didn't, I've never seen the side of Maggie as an actress. Like, this is amazing. So, anyway, I feel like the movie um, really celebrates a, a very, a, a really great mix of, of artists who each have their own style. And I think that the movie took on its own style in, in the making of it. I think something really magical happened that was, you know, very satisfying. I think we pulled it off in a way, you know, like, it's a complex movie to make. Uh, it's hard because you're always in the house. People who read the script, some some people who read it didn't know if we could pull it off. We're like, what if you never leave this house? Is that going to get like weird? But I think a lot of people like the movie because you never leave the house, but yet it keeps you engaged and keeps moving. So anyway, and that's a performance. Thing. It re- that's, it, that, that's really it resonates. speaks to the performances. It resonates with people now because they can't leave their house. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. 
No, it's so weird that we made this movie and then now we can't leave it. And now we all repeat our lives every day and are trying to find yeah. ways to mix it up in subtle ways. I, I, uh, man, I'm very, I'm very proud of this movie. Um, I, uh, because I feel like we pulled off everything we, we set out to do. Yeah. You know, it was really, it was, it was, there was a lot, like I said, it was a fucking tightrope. There's a gauntlet you got to kind of run to make it work. You know, there's so many aspects of it. It's like, that that are unique to this film that you that if you don't nail it then it just mm-hmm. kind of you're just like wait wait what are we watching but you fucking yeah. did it man bravo um i i um i would love mm-hmm. to to perform it as a, a show sometime i think it would be an amazing broadway show that would be um that would yeah, be so amazing I think I think it would be hysterical. We should try to figure out how to do it. Maybe we could get everybody. I I feel like everyone really on the cast like really connected to the the project. Even just seeing everybody the other day on a Zoom, like it was really amazing how much love there is for each other and the project. So yeah, yeah. If it's a, if it's a big, if it's a hit, you know, if it's a hit, if it's a sleeper hit, like fucking, why mm-hmm. the fuck not, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah. like, okay, let's talk. Let me talk about the cast for a second. Like Maggie, amazing yeah. to get to reunion with her from Balls of Fury. That was amazing to work with her again. And I watched the movie, and I'm like, oh my god, she fucking. I think she stole it. And let me tell you something. Um, because you know, she's so she's so deadpan, and then she has this amazing moment where she blows up at everybody for being such mm-hmm. fragile little snowflakes. And she does basically an impression of everybody on her way out. And that moment where she leaves, it's like, I'm, I can't do this anymore, would, if it was a theatrical production, would get uh, an applause, an exit applause. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Danny leaving, Danny Pooty leaving after, you know, just being like, I'm, 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 I'm really great. It's, uh, it's so great, so great. And then he leaves, that would get the second applause. Like, if we were doing that, I'm just saying, if we were doing that live, that's how that would work out if we if if they nailed it. And then um, Emma Bell from The Walking Dead, who I never got to work with on that, um, there's a quality about her that is so 80s, that is like so fucking perfect for this this. You, you obviously saw it, so perfect for this movie. And her, she's hysterical. Okay, everyone rose to the equation, to the equation, to the occasion. She does some great physical comedy in it so and, and does a lot of improv she doesn't fucking improv she's improving her balls off everybody is um and okay and then you got uh tyler who's also um from the walking dead never got to work with him hysterical in this cleopatra she's fucking i, I think she steals the movie too man i mean she she's got some improvs on you piss your pants i'm not kidding yeah and yeah. uh you know, and then, you know, then we, and then you don't want to give a, uh, you know, you don't want, you don't want to give up the next, the third act, but there's this hysterical wave that comes in that is so surreal and it's very, um, you know, it's very, uh, Mel Brooksian in moments, you know, um, mm-hmm. where you have these, this word play and like when I, like, like. Oh my goodness! Like, okay, if I Gene Wilder, 
who I love, love Gene Wilder, and, and my character, the haircut, you know, the hair to the side, whenever I put my hair like that, it's always an homage to Gene Wilder. Um, Young Frankenstein, you know, is my favorite comedic movie. And um, what's your, what, what, what's your, what are your influences? What, you know, going into this yeah. movie, what, what did you draw from? Um, you mentioned some of the influences. I mean, Soap Dish, I watched again and again, uh, Noises Off. Clue is one of my favorites. And I thought, I kind of imagine this Clue is like the argument in a way, or the argument was like Clue in that, in how they're sort of running around the house trying to figure out, you know, who did it kind of a thing. So who was in the wrong or who said what? He was in the room, da 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 and they go to the next room, and, it's, and there's moments where you're like, to the dining room, to the living room. Like, there's all these moments that just remind me of Clue totally. and the whole ensemble's running from room to room. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, when I read the script for the first time, because Zach Stanford wrote it, and I, I thought Zach wrote such a good script, and he, he was trying to write a movie that you could make in one location, like, but yet... You know, like how do you make a movie in one location? You have to have a story, characters, and a take that really works for maybe a feature-length film. You know, a short film, you could imagine being in one a bedroom or a, a kitchen, or but to take a whole audience on a roller coaster ride for 90 minutes is not easy in one location. So I thought he wrote a really like beautiful script, like really well crafted in how to do that kind of movie. Um, I was, I read it on an airplane. I was laughing like so loud on the airplane and I, I, I just can't remember doing that. Like sometimes when you read something, it's easy just to hyper focus on stuff. But I was just like, I was totally in it. What I loved about the movie or the script. And I, I think we tried to do it in the movie. I hope we like achieved it, but I just love the pacing of the writing. I thought it was really fast. Like the, wasn't it great? So great. Da da da. So da da da. Gotta go. Like, there's a bam, 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 like tempo to it that I think is so really just comes across like on the page. And I think we wanted to make sure we had that momentum like in on, on the screen. And I think that pacing, I mean, for me, because of like the time I spent doing music for so many years and producing records and writing songs, I feel like I'm very sensitive to tempo and rhythm and, um, like when you're making a record, you sit there and you, you record or you program drums or you edit, you know, music according to a certain rhythm. And, I'm, you know, a good song has to have a groove that really works. And I think a movie has a groove. And I think with uh, today's world of digital editing, like using software, you can even get in more. You can really hyper-focus in more on cuts so you find the pace. You can really play with pacing. And then an audience member might not be aware of this, but if you subtly go back and watch the movie, you'll notice how we feathered in a lot of music that is really subtle, but it keeps it moving. If you were to mute the music in the movie at times, you would find it, it slips a little bit in terms of the pace. You'd be like, huh, like, wow, there's a lot of space here. Like, a, like it works. In a movie, when you want to create tension, sometimes you just let it breathe in silence and you feel really tense and uncomfortable. Um, but you know, this, this movie doesn't have a ton of score. All the score is just all, it's all this, uh, swing drumming that we tracked for the movie, which is that represents the score. So it's all this percussion 
But when the percussion's off, you'll notice there's never a moment without music playing, pretty much. There's always something in the background. It's played at a distance as if it's playing in the house. But what that does is it creates an ambiance that really takes you into the movie, and it never lets you go. And I think that really helps to, like, pacing and, and the tr tricking the viewer into falling into the world. Um, but, shit, I forgot. The, what, what, oh, yeah, yeah, influences. I, yeah, I mean, my influences come from music, <laughs> so I – sorry. Oh, I was trying to think about where we started, but, well, you, uh, you like, I question, love – yeah. Okay, good. I just want to say that I just, like, I love – I really love comedies, and I really watch a lot of older comedies. Like, I have – I, I don't watch a lot of new comedies because I feel – and I'm not knocking them, but they're really polished. Like, nothing – the lighting in a lot of comedies are is, – everything is overly lit – meaning that there's no mystery and depth in the shots. So, like, every, there's literally a light in the, in the whole room. Like, if, you, if you're standing in the foreground and there's, like, a chair in the background or a lamp, like, I kind of want the chair to be a little bit out or darker. Or, you know, so you, Dan, you pop more in the shot. But a lot of comedies, they light the whole room. So there's no mis mystery and there's no texture in the shot. So what I'm getting at is, I don't think if you make a comedy, you have to plug into this everything is lit scenario, which we've seen in a lot of television. I think perhaps comedy on, on te in television has oozed its way into features and it's maybe taken a little bit of the mystery and depth out of comedies. But I love the, I love the sort of 80s, the decade of the 80s in comedy, in movies. Like I love John Landis as a director in his movies. I love John, uh, John Hughes. Um, you know, just that, that whole run is just like incredible. Um, I mean, a movie that no one ever talks about, but I love so much. And I watched so much is this movie called spies like us. I'm not sure if you remember that movie, but of course that yeah, movie is so just safe. the best. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, it's, it's, it's over the top, but it's not like for some reason it doesn't feel as broad as today. Like if you made spies like us today and it was done at like a studio, it would probably feel a little bit too beyond like beyond what the, the charm of what that movie was. And then going into the 70s, I love the original Bedazzled, you know, the Peter Cook, Dudley Moore Bedazzled. Oh, it, that, the original, crazy. not when it was remade with Brendan Fraser, which is fine. It's the Harold Ramis version, version. But that's, again, that's another example of when a studio gets its hands on a comedy, like other things, set pieces happen that are very, very broad. But in the original Peter Cook, Dudley more bedazzled. Um, it's very grounded and it's really funny. And Dudley Moore is so freaking good. It's like insane, but it's these great situations that play out and they're so smart and they're so subtle, but the performance really, it's just, it all works. Anyway, I'm just like shouting out comedies that are subtle in the, the you, you, you catch these little gestures from the actor and it's not like the actor is putting you on and trying to make you laugh. The, you just, you as an audience member fall into the actor's performance in a way where you just, you give into it and you just buy into the whole world. And it just, it's funny. Everything they do is funny. An eyebrow raise, a, a squint, a look to the side, like everything, it just makes you laugh. And I think that's really just the sum of all parts working. Like it's not, you know what I mean? So I, I think that that's the beauty of certain comedies is really finding the balance of, of the heart and the comedy within the sort of storytelling. And I think a lot of the best comedies have a ton of heart 
And I just, I think back in the day, there were a lot of eighties comedies that really were just so funny. I don't know. Maybe just cause I grew up in the eighties and I watched all those movies that I, maybe I have a soft spot for them. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I thought I had made a movie called the unicorn before the argument. And in the unicorn, we, uh, the whole cast was a lot of people from SNL and there were a lot of like uh, improv, like you upright citizens brigade and SNL actors um, as well as like second city, like John Kapalos was in it. He plays like the dad and he's famous for the breakfast cool. club. He plays the janitor, but um, Beverly D'Angelo is in it. Like there's a lot of mix of different style. Uh, it's not, it's mostly comedy actors, like people from comedy backgrounds and, that movie had a, a lot of improv, a lot of playing around in terms of um, these situations that play out that are really uncomfortable because the couple's trying to have a threesome. But um, that, it's a little more, I would say, and it's not a knock on the movie, it, it's a little more down, straight down the middle as far as like a comedy movie. Um, this movie is left of center, so it's, like, it's, it, it's a little more you know, off from what you would expect, you know, a straight down the middle comedy to be, which is why I really wanted to make the movie when I read the script. And I hope everybody felt this way about it. It was just like, this movie is not just the, a movie you see all the time. It's not like your everyday comedy, this movie, there's something about it that's just different. And I, that's how it read. And I feel like when people see the movie, and maybe your manager's husband felt this way, but it just feels like, and I had a, we inter, I had a, there was an interview yesterday about it. And, the, and the, the guy interviewing really shouted this out. But it's cool that people connect to this movie in a way unlike other movies. And I think that's good. Like, I, there, there might be a polarizing quality to the movie, meaning, you know, someone might watch it, like you said earlier, and be, like, distracted and their brain is running and they're, like, they, they pick up their phone and they get lost in the story and they just lose interest. Like, maybe that happens. And there's other people that totally will like buy into this world in a major way and really feel passionate about telling people about it. So I think, I think it's cool that we made a movie that you could have these extreme swings in your reaction to it. Like, I think that's good because art, that's what art is and creativity is like, it's not for everyone. Like, I don't think you can please everybody. And I think if you are, maybe it says something about the thing you made. Like maybe you're just making something that's very safe you know, that's meant for everybody, like going to Disneyland or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Does that make sense <laughs> yeah. at all? <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I'm, I'm wondering, okay, because we got to talk about your family and growing up in the middle of that, and I'm mm-hmm. sure everyone's fucking an artist and everyone's talking about film and everybody, you know, I wish I was in the middle mm-hmm. of that. Like, my dad was at the dinner table talking about surgeries, you know. So, I... Uh, um, <laughs> So were you making movies as a kid? Like, was, like, was that your first love? Like, let's start with that. Was, was that yeah, was music or yeah. film your, your first love? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll say, okay, so I, my mom, I'll start with the, my mom and my dad. So, because they were the closest, and my brothers, because that was the, those are the people I grew up around the most, as I think most people do. But, so my mom's an actress. And she, at the time when I was growing up, was doing she the the Rocky movies had already taken off in like the like the 70s, and then the 80s, as you know, there's like a run of Rocky movies. She played Adrian in Rocky, and that movie became like a you know a franchise. So she 
I don't remember her like being gone or something, but she was, you know, working a lot in the eighties specifically on those movies. And I remember as a kid, just people recognizing her and stuff like that. But she, outside of that, she, she went to Yale, the drama school in Yale. She's also a very well-read, very articulate in speaking of like theater and musicals and musical comedy and, poetry like she's very she's incredibly incredibly smart and very intimidating to talk to about like these things um she's a theater like savant like she could talk about playwrights and great plays like all freaking day like it's amazing her her knowledge of theater um so that's her background so for her it was about um creativity and art her dad was a composer he was a uh, he scored movies and was a flutist for Toscanini he was the first flutist for Toscanini he was a conductor uh, his name is Carmine Coppola and she grew up around all these really intense like artists who were like very excelled at their instruments so it was like an intense world of artistry I think was her background and it spilled into our lives as kids because it was like, even when I started a band, she was never like, oh, way to go. Like you're doing a band. Like it was always like, you need to study counterpoint and, and com- composition. Like you need to have the background in that. And I never felt like, you know, I was, she, she was, she loved that I was writing songs and she loves the songs I write, but there was a pressure creatively to like rise to the occasion in a bigger way, just to kind of keep pushing as an artist. And I think that, it wasn't the typical mother-son relationship as far as, like, if I drew a picture with crayons, it wasn't like, wow, that's amazing. Like, the equivalent would be like, huh, it's a little too red. Like, there was a little bit, it's not that, I'm, that's not an example specifically, but I know when I would play her my songs growing up, she would kind of challenge me and be like, you're, you know, I, I, if I tell the stories, it makes her sound really hard on me, but she was very loving and she was an ama- she is an amazing mother. She's very spiritual and very creative and really awesome. She saw your but, potential, um, you know. She wanted to she wanted to yeah. draw your potential out of you. Yeah, she def- she definitely was and is still to this day like, you know, there's definitely a balance of like sometimes you just want mom and sometimes you get like a a very critical eye and I think she sometimes wants both relationships with us. But anyway, so that's on one side, and I will say, like, she, she is an actress, you know, and she is very um, emotional as an actress. Like, she's very that deep, and, and, and there's a lot going on in her emotionally as an actor. Sometimes we would, we would argue, and she would, she would, at the end of the argument, laugh and say, I was just, doing, I was just playing a character. She's like, that wasn't me. That wasn't your mother. That was just a character I was trying out. So she would like try out characters on me while we were arguing <laughs> a wow. lot in my life. So, so anyway, and she really was always made me study. She, what I really appreciated about her as a mother was she, or as a mother, is she would always have me like watch people on the street or when we went places, she would have me watch people just to kind of, she would ask me questions and we would watch people and she would say like, where is he going after this? What is his life? Where is he coming from? Like, as an actor, you, and as the, you always have to think about where people are coming from and where they're going. Like, she was always, like, training me to, like, think about these things growing up, and I really appreciated that. 
because it made me, it makes me very sensitive to actors and the sort of collaboration and the feeling and the emotions behind all these characters and like what goes into it. I'm just, I really admire and love actors. So, and I'm sensitive to the needs of actors. And um, that's one thing my dad, you know, he, many, many years ago, he passed away in my early days of my childhood up until that point. He, you know, I knew a very different kind of person than her. He was more grounded and more about production. He was a producer and he started off as an entertainment a lawyer who became like a movie producer from all his like skills in the, in the other side. But he was just, you know, very, obviously very loving, but also, but just very like, he, he, he was like, if she was a balloon floating in the air, he was like the spike that held her in the ground. So um, I kind of learned some of those personality, like how to sort of think about how to put a movie together and the business side of things from being around like him and that side of his world. So anyway, that was my, my upbringing was around like a producer and an actor. And I think that that helped set the stage for me a little bit in terms of just thinking about my life in this world of like creativity. And then everything about our lives was music. So we, my, all all the, the generation before my mom's generation and her brother, Francis was a director and directed her in the Godfather. And so I got to sort of be around all these different artists and, and be on set and like watch and observe and just kind of be around it and try to help. I I love to be on set and help anywhere I could. Like I, my summer job would be like, like helping on set, like moving craft service tables around or whatever. Like, so it was kind of fun to watch. What sets were you on? What sets were you on? Well, it was like my mom, well, I got to be on Dracula for a little, like, just I remember a very short amount of time, but when Francis made Dracula with Gary Oldman, wow. I got to be on that set. Yeah. I got to be on The Godfather 3 in, in Italy as a little kid. Whoa. Um, and watch, yeah, it was amazing to, like, watch that um, and, and to be on. My dad produced a movie called Rad, which we re-released this year. It was a BMX bike movie from the 80s, 1986 is when it came out. No way. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it's the best. Rad is the greatest. It just it got re-released this that. summer, so we're really excited. It's awesome. Holy Crew Jones, crazy. Bart Taylor, uh, the That's first BMX. in the past. Dude, it's so good. I'm going to send it to you again so you can fall in love with it all over again. But it's like the most 80s movie. If you open a book and you're like 80s movies, it'd be like Rad is right there. But um, no, no, I was a, I was, I was pretty a young. big BMX kid. I was a BMX kid, man. That was that that was a big movie. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. Then I'm gonna I'm I'm very because we just did, we did a 4K restoration this year and it just came out. It was gonna be at South by Southwest this year actually because they took it into the lineup, but unfortunately it got moved. But anyway, so Rad. I was on set for Rad and very young, but like it was technically I was on set and. Um, some of my mom, I got to be on Rocky five when she got, you know, when she, when they came back and did Rocky five, I got to be on set. But, um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, so like uh, overall, Oh, and then my, with music stuff, you asked about like music and like early passions, but I always wanted to make movies. So growing up, I would write scripts with my friends and we would shoot short films like in our, in my backyard. And we took it very seriously Uh, we would we would like rent a lot of props and write characters and shoot things, and and I did that through high school. And actually, a fun little fact is that the editor of this movie, Max Goldblatt, um, and I grew up went to high school together, and we used to make a lot of no movies way. together. So he and I, yeah, we have a lot of like fun movies that he and I'm I made together. 
I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned him. The editing is is, is superb in this. Episode. So good. Yeah, he's a he's an excellent editor and he's an excellent filmmaker and he's a really he was a really through high school he was like in all the plays he was like the star of all the plays in high school. He's a really good actor. Um, he was actually in a movie called Heavyweights with Ben Stiller, if you remember, like from the '90s. Oh. Um, Max did a lot of movies as an actor, but he was he was he was in the troupe of kids that is with Ben Stiller in that movie. And he's he, anyway, he had his dad also edited Terminator 2 and came up with like his name is Mark Goldblatt, and he's like a very very big editor. But anyway, so um, I wanted to make movies growing up. And eventually my brother, who is my, my brother, Jason is my older brother or one. He's, he's the next older from me. I'm the youngest in the family. Right. But, uh, Jason started a band and he was a drummer. Very, Jason's an excellent, excellent rock and roll drummer. He started a band called Phantom Planet and, um, he was the drummer huh. in Phantom Planet and they would, pl- they would play all over LA. And as the younger brother, I would attend rehearsals and watch them rehearse and I would go see them play live shows. And then I would hang out with them after the show and feel like really cool. Cause I'm like, wow, I'm with the band. Like, man, that's my brother playing <laughs> drums up there. I knew every song, but, uh, and then I started, I started to pick up my own instrument from watching them. So I started learning how to play guitar, studying piano. And then I started writing songs after school and high school. And then I was like, wow, I, I like this. This is like making movies but I get to make it by myself right now, like quickly. Like to make, it's like shooting a movie alone in one night. That's what songwriting felt like to me. So I started writing music and then quickly out of really unexpectedly, I started playing shows. And I will tell you, Dan, I, I grew up as a very shy kid. My brothers would tell you I was very, very quiet. And I never imagined ever a world where I ever sang on stage. Like that was like a, like that would be like a twilight zone alternate reality. I was like, not a chance I'm going to sing on stage. Like, ha ha ha. Crazy, man. For some reason, it's crazy. But for some reason, writing songs and singing those songs with a guitar in my hand, I felt comfortable. I can't explain it, but I felt very, very comfortable singing songs that I was writing with a guitar, it felt really liberating and I got really obsessed with it. So I started writing songs throughout the rest of my high school years. And then we got, we built up a following from playing shows all over LA. And, and I'll tell you, like, literally we would play like every few weekends, we'd be at the Troubadour, the Roxy, the Whiskey A Go Go. And then it was, we started upgrading the bigger venues and the following just grew organically. And the band was Rooney for all the listeners. Rooney was a band I started in high school and then we got a record deal like on my basically freshman year of college, guys, we got signed. Okay, how, how did you get the How did you get the name? I can't believe you got signed yeah. right out of the college. How, how, how yeah. did you get the name? <laughs> it was Ed. So it was called Ed Rooney originally. It was named after Principal oh, Ferris, Ed Rooney from Ferris. That's Bueller's exactly Island. what I think. Rooney. Yeah. I want yeah, my. Exactly. I want. I want her outside in front of the school. Oh my god! That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. So we were, that's, and that's, it was random because we. It's crazy because we had a show booked and we didn't have a name. And then the venue said, we need to put something on the, on the, on the sign. Like, you can't just play without a name. So, so Ferris Bueller's oh Day Off was I on. I love it. And I love that movie. So I was like, how about just oh Ed God. Rooney? And they're like, all right, cool. So that that's stuff. fucking but We great. dropped the Ed. That's fucking great. Rooney. Rooney. Anyway. No, it's so good because he says that. Because uh, 
Rudy, you know, when he comes back on the phone and he's just yeah, he's trying to get his Grace, to get his Grace. <laughs> but um, yeah, like music just happened very organically. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's so I good. I fucking love that movie. But that good for you, man. I, it's the best. It was all I, I not to like ramble, but that was just. To answer your question, I fell into music. It was very much like it felt like movie. Like I wasn't making movies or anything, but at that time, but I always wanted to make movies. I went away to film school to study film editing, and I got to shoot on film cameras and make you know short film a, music videos. Like, you got a piece of music we can use for this, for like an intro album? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'll share it to you. Yeah, yeah, of course, I'll send it to you to put on there. Sweet. Um, okay, I want yeah. to talk about. But that was while we're. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just yeah, yeah. I was gonna say just quickly, like I ended up at a certain yeah. point feeling like I, at a certain point I was like, I love touring and making records. I would love to like at a certain point find time, like figure out a way to transition back into like making a movie. So that was in sort of that's when I started working on this movie Dreamland, which was like my first movie I got to direct and write. And uh, anyway, right, so that was right. the first jumping off point back into movies. Um, okay, while we're while we're talking about names, you know, uh, can we, yeah. do you want to know what your yeah. name means? Yeah, you do. Okay. Uh, like so, because I mean, uh, what you, like the etymology of your name, the, like the the high oh, no, what your me. name means. You know? Okay, not everyone knows it, and I always break it down for whoever comes on the show. Okay, so Robert Coppola, Schwartzman. Okay, so Robert, do you know what Robert means? It's, a, it's pretty cool. It means, uh, it means bright frame, bright fame, bright fame. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I just like how you said it. Yes, I, yes, because everyone's name sounds like they're like a, a knight of the round table by the by the end of it. Yeah. So, okay, so so Coppola is beret maker, okay? A beret maker. <laughs> like a hat maker? Schwartzman means swarthy man. So you're the full high, the full the full haiku of your name is Bright fame beret maker swabby man. Really? <laughs> yeah, did you like that? That is that wait, say it again. Bright fame. Bright fame. <laughs> bright fame. Come here, bright fame. <laughs> Coppola means beret maker and your last name is Swarthy Man. Or Dark Man. <laughs> Which one do you like better? Right, swarthy okay. or dark? I like, you I mean, for, oh, Schwarzman does? Yeah, Schwarzman means Darkman. So, oh. bri- so bright frame beret make a dark man. Dude, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Your name is bright fame dark man. Bright fame dark man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. That is so funny. You like I it? didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I just you I'm gonna make a T-shirt that says that. Best Passover I ever had was at your house. I've had a lot of Passovers. Best Passover ever. And um, that, yeah, that was so fun that we got to do that. I feel like uh, it was so, because we were shooting 
and then there was Passover, and you were in town from New York, and I really was so happy you came over. That was amazing. I'm happy you enjoyed it. And I, I played Die Dianu on guitar, and you and we we had a single. It was like rock and roll Dianu, man. I like that. Yeah. I like that style. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you Bart Mitzvah? I yeah. No, I wasn't. I uh, I actually, well, I didn't. You know, I we grew up celebrating Passover, and my dad would light you know Hanukkah candles, and I I um, and we would celebrate Christmas, and uh, oh, and so my mom cool. sometimes. I, would, I wish I had that. I used to lie uh, and tell, tell, tell people, I used to tell the kids that I had your situation where I, I was like, yeah, my mom's Jewish and my dad's Italian. And so I was like, I was so yeah. jealous of not being able to celebrate Christmas. You had the best of both worlds. We, we were, it, it was the opposite. It was the other way around. It was like my mom grew up Italian and she was technically like Catholic. So sometimes she would feel inspired to say, let's go to church today. And it was like out of nowhere, my brothers and I would be like, what? And she would like go to like church and it was fine. It was great. I mean, it was like, but, but my mom also loves, I mean, my mom loves, she, she, you know, her, her, she married her first husband, which was had my brother, Matthew, David Shire. He was Jewish. My dad was Jewish, Jack Schwartzman. And she loved, she connected to Jewish men and she really liked just the Jewish culture because she felt like it was like Italians because she was like, it's just like Italians. Like, it's all about family and food. So she felt very comforted in that sort of atmosphere. And, and my, you know, my Schwartzman family is very warm, and my Italian family is very warm. So it feels very connected. But we didn't really grow up under a specific, like, sort of guidelines of religion. We just, I, I grew up respecting, you know, anyone's beliefs and, and just being respectful of, of whatever path people chose. And it was more about, spirituality and energies and just, you know, that, my mom was more about that, like more about, she loved astrology. She loved sort of planetary energies and the push and pull on our systems and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, but I, yeah, I mean, it's just, That's cool. and also Buddhism, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, something, you know, Buddhism is a, as a, as a way of life or respecting all living creatures and being very mindful of our, of our surroundings and, thinking about leaving behind, you know, good, good things, you know, for all people. I think that that's sort of how we were raised. Um, anyway, not to go too deep into it, but yeah, I mean, it was, we just, I wasn't bar mitzvah and my, my grandfather, Philip Schwartzman told me that I'll just get, I'll tell you some sort of personal stuff, but like my, so my dad, when he was young, he was 12 when his mother died and she would die. She, they're from Brooklyn. They're Brooklyn Jews. She died uh, when she was in her early 20s of, like, breast cancer. And, um, and then he remarried and moved to L.A., and that was my grandmother, Phyllis. But um, my dad was never bar mitzvahed, although his dad was and was more of practicing, you know, more stuck to the sort of Jewish religion. He, he told me that when you, a kid loses a parent at a young age, that, like, it is sort of like what a sort of bar mitzvah represents is like becoming a man. You kind of quickly grow up and I guess maybe oh, he didn't put his kids through that. But my, my dad died when I was 11. So I didn't, you know, I could, he told me that maybe he was trying to just, you know, say that to me, but we never, huh. uh, never were, went down that road of getting bar mitzvah or, you know, learning the, the, the songs and the, the speech you have to make. 
You got anyway. you got to get off, or do you have to get off, or do you have like ten more minutes? I have to get off because there's a call I have to be on that's important that I have to that's at one o'clock. It's a conference call. All right. Um, but that's right now, I could. But we could. I could do like a a closing thing right now, so you have something specific. Well, I just want to tell you how. Um, um, just to wrap it up. You have been. Yeah. Let me just walk walk you through how you have been. Your family has been connected to my life for my entire life. 1976 was Rocky. I was born in 1976. Okay, it's been in my life my entire life. That movie, I'm constantly referencing it. If you uh, watch my Tony speech, um, I you should watch it because I reference your mother. I say I feel like Rocky oh, right now, and I'm my watch my, it. my girlfriend uh, Jody is in the audience, and I said, uh, "Who's my wife now?" And I said, "She's my Adrian." Okay, like I I said that, um, and uh, yeah. spelling bee show. Uh, your brother was sitting front row. One of the nights, it was one of the craziest fucking nights we ever had in the show. I guarantee every single one of those people in the cast will remember that show. It was a crazy night. And now working with you doing this, and it's just like, it's, I just feel like it's fucking embedded, right? And hopefully we'll be continue to work together more and more. You're coming on the show September 12th, so we'll we'll, we'll be able to, just yeah, some more stuff here, brother. No, this was thank you for coming on. No, this was an amazing. Yeah, oh, thank you for having. I've I've been I've wanted to do this with you for a long time, and I really appreciate you having me. And I think uh, and I want to do more, so much more together. I feel like, I feel like the argument is really, really the first of many. And I I loved working with you and respect you and your talents. And I just I'm so proud of the movie we made. And you know I just overall everybody, and just being able to collaborate with you has been. Incredible. So, and I, and I, I love being able to talk about it too on this, on the podcast. Well, it's been, it's a pleasure having you on, man. Um, I got a lot Thank to you. talk to you about. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, we'll let's do it. Continue. Yeah. So, so, so I'm excited to come to do a video chat together. It'll be nice. Nice. See your face. Yeah. Yeah. Make your smile, you know? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Mr. Smile. Can I, can I, I can say that, right? <laughs> a couple of well, guys. You know, it's just, smile. Just, it's, you know, it's, uh, yeah. what, what, what do you mean? What do you mean the way I smile? Like, yeah. it's like, wait, that, wait, hold on, that's Scorsese. Know. We're doing Scorsese. Are we, are we allowed oh, yeah. to do that? <laughs> we, we were doing like emotional, like emotional gangsters. <laughs> like when a gangster gets emotional and they have a hard time saying it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, oh, I love you, man. Well, oh. you know, I. Uh, you know, you know how it is when you, you know, you, uh, when you, you, know, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, all right, cool. Be safe uh, on your travels, and I'm so excited you get to start shooting. It's amazing. And um, yeah, dude. But we'll talk. We'll uh, talk between then. Be well, brother. It's it's always thank you. Thanks for having me. Fun, thanks for uh, it's a pleasure. And thanks everybody for tuning in and listening to us. Yes, thank you. I, I rarely thank my audience. Thank you, Robert, for being yeah. very, very, very nice of you. <laughs> and uh, I, I had, dude, I had, I had, I, had, I should uh, say that I just really had a, a blast working with you, man. It was, uh, he's an excellent director, thank everyone. Thank um, you, Dan. All right. I appreciate that. It makes me happy. I really appreciate that. <laughs>
<laughs> um, all right. Well, I'll text you like in a little bit. I'll send you some pictures. Sweet. Of, of my uh, of my smile. Okay. So, yeah. Please. Fun. All right. Great. <laughs> all right. Cool. I'll talk right. to you soon. Wasn't that great? So right. So great. Yeah, it was great. So great. So great. Amazing. <laughs> all right. so Bye. Great. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Yeah, we're meant